Tim, is John Gibbons shoveling snow from his driveway going to hijack this entire two-hour show? Did, is did he gonna John hijack say it? that a rash could send that out? <laughs> I, I don't know. And the I horses just, are out of the barn now. <laughs> I just read the tweet again. Jeff Blair brought it up to me. Uh, our account tweeted it out. I and it all it says is, so here I am minding my own business when this 34-second gem gets texted to me uh, from a Texas phone number. Not saying his shoveling technique reminds me of him trying to throw out runners, but is if, but if this isn't the kind of John Gibbons video you need in a lockdown, not sure what is. <laughs> I just need he doesn't say anywhere... Life. He doesn't say anywhere where Gibby said, it's okay that I tweet this out to the masses. Well, listen, Tim, I got to be honest. I'm having fun with it. If it goes haywire, tough day for a rash, Danny. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. I'm washing my hands of it. But any any video with John Gibbons acting like he's playing hockey is good enough for me. So any of you, when you get a chance to see this, and to hell with it, we'll probably run it on today's show, this will make you smile. Hopefully we make you smile. This is Tim and Sid for Wednesday, February the 17th. What do you think of his form, Tim? His actual shooting form. Well, but you, you, some you tweeted out, you, you quote tweeted it, and you said, it looks like he's hammered. Now I can't get that out of my head. Like, what if he <laughs> actually is Don't misquote hammered. me. Don't misquote me. I said, I can't prove this, but I think he's hammered, is what I said. <laughs> That's my exact quote. I'm careful. I'm a journalist. Careful. All right. I'm a journalist. I, want to, I, want to get I can't right. get that out of my head. And then everyone's just circulating this thing that John Gibbons would send to a rash Medani, who he also told basically, and I'm not Dobby and, and Sands. Maybe you guys uh, can, can confirm this. Didn't he call Medani an a-hole on our show without oh, using on. the word a-hole? Tim Dylan Brown, who's done a huge service to this show uh, since this pandemic started at Sportsnet 590, the fan has just informed mm-hmm. us we do have a, a, a retort from from John Gibbons to Arashman Danny for tweeting this out. Dylan, play it, please, in three, two, one. Hey, you are an asshole, man. I know. <laughs> See? Oh, John Gibbons is just like, he's, he's acting like he's playing hockey, shoveling the centimeter of snow outside his house and in Texas. Here's, here's the truth that we can all, this is, like, in the year and a half that we have had, this is proof. If Arash Medani and John Gibbons are friends like this, anyone can be friends. Like, are there two people who are more polar opposites than Arash Medani and John Gibbons, and yet somehow, some way, they have this loving relationship back and forth? They are, they are cut from the same cloth, Tim. I think we all know that. Uh, but they do have a very unique relationship. And it's, uh, why does Gibby make me smile? Like, I, I'm not, I, you know, listen, Gibby and I disagree on a lot of stuff, right? Like, that's, you know, it's out there. But I just smile every time I even think of John Gibbons, let alone seeing him act like he's shooting pucks with a shovel, saying, hey, hey, look at my form. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying is that you can like people even though you disagree with them. It's crazy. Uh, 2020 and 2021, Tommy, different, Tim. I still disagree with that. <laughs> You're not allowed to. You can, you, can, you can disagree with someone and you hold, can like them. No! See, Tim, no hold way. on a second. Tim, I'm digging, into, I'm digging into this tweet further. 
We don't know if Gibby sent the video. This could have been his missus, right? This could have been all Arash says in the tweet is, I get, this gem, I get this gem texted to me from a Texas phone number, which would mean right. the person who was recording it, like clearly Gibby's busy. Gibby's not going to send that. He's, he's, he's shoveling the centimeter. Good luck. Good luck to you. Oh, I needed that video. That's good. The, the best part of this is that Dylan is saying that Arash was filling in on PTS, and I didn't recognize my own laugh in that clip. I'm pretty sure that Gibby did the exact same thing to Arash on with me as well. I think there are there are two different Arash, you're an There's a-hole two. There's two. on can national com- TV slash radio. Can we compare them? Dylan, do me a favor. R- the first one you ran... Uh, just run that one quickly for us, please. Just as a refresher. Three, two, one. Hey, you are an asshole, man. I know. Wow. Boy. That's Deitch. That, that's that Deitch. Deitch and Arash. So, you're, Tim, you're telling me. There's one with you, me laughing. One with you. Okay. So, okay, Dylan, play the second one. Let's listen for the McAuliffe in this. No, he oh, doesn't have it. Oh, you, I thought you had the second one. I'm teeing up the second No, 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 no. I'm saying I remember one on a show that I was on. And I just heard Deitch laughing. That's okay. what I'm doing. I'm doing my little. So he's, my so little, he's done this uh, multiple times. John Gibbons called a rash. Reporting. He called a rash an a hole multiple times on air. That happened. And I'm telling you, and I'm telling you, he's going to do it again <laughs> after seeing this video go viral. Oh where my god! <laughs> you, you thought the edge? You thought the like, edge video to dangle with some? Wait for John Gibbons to send his video to one Arash Madani via text. We'll see if he posts that one, Madani. We'll see if you throw that one out into the ether. That's good stuff. Is it Madani on our WhatsApp? Can't we just ask him if he's... Yeah, like, like he's right here. He's, he, he's gone radio silence since the tweet. He's busy. Did Gibby give you the right to post that? Did Gibby give you the right to post that? Tim is voice dictating, in case you can't tell on the audio version go. of the show. <laughs> voice dictating. On our WhatsApp. On our WhatsApp. That's we'll what the show the answer, has become. Right. Um, so I'm sorry to hijack that, Timmy. This video is killing me. This is this is good for a lot of reasons. Arash gets the scoop. Gibby's playing hockey with snow. And getting a little warm. Oh, so good. Sorry. Back. Look, let's, let's, let's hit the music again, Dylan, if you can, because I hijacked that. And then we lost you, of course. This is Tim and Sid for Wednesday, February 17th. Only eight more shows of Sixero hijacking it. We are available live on TV, radio, and online, courtesy of Sportsnet Now. <laughs> you want to go? <laughs> Mr. Breakfast can, Television, can you hear me? are you back? Yeah, Do you have you. me now? All right, let's you. go. Here we go. Quite the Raptors game. I'm just going to get this out before my whole thing goes down again. Quite the Raptors game in Milwaukee last night. We'll talk about it momentarily. Uh, Raptors yep. analyst Paul Jones, longtime friend of the show. Jonesy's been really kind to us. Uh, he'll join us in hour two. Also, Tim, a ton of hockey, not just on the show, but coming up tonight on the Sportsnet family of Sportsnet channels. Just a ton of stuff uh-huh. coming your way. Uh, you are correct. You are correct. Scotiabank Wednesday Night Hockey Doubleheader. Leaf sends. That's a 7 p.m. Eastern start time, uh, followed by the end of the four-game series between Vancouver and Calgary. Those in the Sportsnet region can also catch the Jets and Oilers going toe-to-toe as Connor McDavid tries to hit a milestone. Coming up on the show, Elliot Friedman, uh, next segment, 3 of 31, and Justin Bourne, Sportsnet.ca. There is plenty of hockey, a hockey central at 6.30. But Sid... 
Mm-hmm. We're going to put that on hold for a split second, and we are going to go to the NBA, and injuries aside, a great night for the Toronto Raptors. Uh, absolutely, Tim. It was like going in, it, it was a weird, you had a weird feeling about the game, right? Like here's here's Milwaukee, Raptors coming off a bad, bad loss. Um, it, it, you didn't know what was going to happen, but it was rather interesting. And despite losing Kyle Lowry twice, technically, Tried to come back, couldn't continue due to an ankle injury. The Raptors got it done. Dare I say, McAuliffe, agree or disagree, the most important win of this Raptors season? I don't know about most important win, but impressive? Sure. Sure, it was really impressive. And I'll say this. Did you know that since the Raptors' 2-8 and eight start to the season, they're 11-7? That's tied for the second-best mark in the East in that time. Now, you can't erase the 2-8 and eight start. One more time on that number, Tim. Since the Raptors' 2-8 and eight start, they are 11-7. and seven. From the time of game number 10 on, the Raptors have the second-best mark in the East in that time. I did not know that. Wow. That's what I'm here for. Uh, beating a good team with a curveball of a lineup from Nick Nurse, a small ball lineup that we thought we might see at the start of the year, but haven't seen because of injury. Um, that was a nice start. Now, it lost some effectiveness, but I like it. It was a good curveball. I like Nick Nurse. He does that. It's part of why he's a good coach. What I like even more was admit it. When, when Kyle Lowry went down, was having a game, when he went down, most folks thought jam done. But watching Fred Van Vliet mature into an absolute dude, a star, might be the most fun that I've had watching the Raptors this season. That and the little things that Lowry does. Like the steal that he had to set up the Bembry and one against Minnesota was absolutely ridiculous, but I digress. Watching Freddie do what Freddie does has been an absolute joy to watch. I mean, think about it. He picks up the bootstraps and outplays everyone, including Giannis's second-hand man, Chris Middleton. Wish Drew Holiday was there, too, because it would have been just the icing on the cake for my subplot to that game, which was, what the hell is Giannis thinking as the Toronto Raptors, without Kyle Lowry, beat his team without Drew Holiday? What do you think he was thinking? I'm thinking that he's thinking, what the hell did I do signing Supermax with these guys who can't beat this team at this moment in time, given everything that we have done? Oh, Giannis has been lured back to Milwaukee. Man, how long after his new deal did Deshaun Watson ask for his trade out of Houston? Um, how long months. after We're Paul George? How long after Paul George got his new deal in OKC? Did he ask out of OKC? Do I need to go on? James Harden just pulled the ultimate. I need to get the hell out of here, even though I'm making forty-one million dollars. I was just watching that last night and thinking, man, the Raptors just, the Raptors just. And I, Drew Holiday was out, so I had to throw that in there. Yeah, that's, that's a big caveat. Absolutely. It's a big caveat. Absolutely. It is, it is a big caveat. Uh, but so was Kyle Lowry for the second half of that game. Yeah. <laughs>
I'd rather. I think Kyle Lowry's a better player than Drew Holiday, in my opinion. I don't know if Me people too. would agree, but like Kyle Lowry does more than Drew Holiday does. So yeah, I think so I too. You can argue it. I'll have their argument. Yeah, I can hear I it. Drew, I, I don't mind Drew Holiday, but like you know, Raptors had they were up against it too. Um, Whose supporting cast would you rather have around you, given what you saw last night? And this is what I've been saying the entire time, and eventually there may be a reckoning for Giannis Antetokounmpo, no matter how good a guy he is. No, listen, and I man. I believe him I, like, to be a good guy. We said it that day. I said it that day. This guy's not seeing out the contract in Milwaukee. He isn't. Anyone with half a brain knows that. He isn't. It's the NBA, for all the reasons you pointed out. NBA-related and non-NBA-related. And Draymond Green can talk all he wants about how players can disrespect. This guy signed a Supermax and is going to leave before it ends. Why? Because that's what happens in the NBA. That's what happens. Now, maybe last, I don't know if that thought was going through his mind last night without Drew Holiday, but on the grander scheme of things, the Raptors go small and out-rebound you? Really? That happened last night to Giannis's team? To that group? That is asinine to allow that to happen. I'm all for quality boxing out. Right? That could do a lot of good things for your team. But when you literally go small and the building knows you're going small and you got Brooke Lopez and you got Chris Middleton who can get a board now and again and obviously Giannis. Bobby Portis is not short. You got out-rebounded by a team that went small? That would mess with me if I'm Giannis as well. Just a little bit. How does that happen? Mike Budenholzer, what a coach. Give me a six break. and tw- sixteen and twelve lost four in a row. Do you know what Giannis is averaging in those four in a row? He went. Ha- he's gone ham, right? Like he's he's gone nuts. thirty three and a half yeah. points per game on sixty percent shooting with thirteen point three rebounds and seven point three assists, and they've lost all four. <laughs> That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable, man. But again, but but prior to the signing, Tim, let's go back to the conversations we had. Drew Holiday's now a buck. Okay? Drew Holiday's a buck. He's not Anthony Davis. He's not Ben Simmons. He's good. He's good, but like he's the guy. That's that's your James Harden pickup in Brooklyn. That's what that's what you do. That's right. going to seal the deal. Now to a certain extent it did because he signed the deal. I understand that. But last night Tim uh, is a great point you make cuz I think a lot of people were kind of in their own mind thinking like this, this isn't gonna last, is it? Like it's not gonna. He's not gonna get to the end of the supermax. Mike Budenholzer has established he's not a playoff coach. He's never been a playoff coach, ever. And that's gonna matter at some point to this kid. It's not just gonna be about MVPs anymore. He's gonna right. want more. And they didn't get it. They didn't get it done roster wise. And they gave up a lot to do it. That's the other kick in the pants. If you're Milwaukee, correct. Drew Holiday didn't come cheap. So. That's some crazy stuff, though. 60% from the field last four games, and they lose every game. How the hell does that happen? How the hell, McAuliffe, does that happen for Giannis? That's crazy. Uh, We've only got five minutes left, and I want to get to the NHL story. Uh, Monday was an amazing night of hockey in the North Division, and uh, we're hoping for a little bit of an encore tonight. Same three matchups on the schedule. Sens, Leafs, Canucks, Flames, Jets, Oilers. After such a great night on Monday, what are your expectations for tonight, and more specifically, from the Toronto Maple Leafs, who were the talk of Canada after blowing the 5-1 lead to Ottawa. 
Tonight's a chalk night. All right. Tonight is where everything happens we expect to happen. I'm not saying don't watch. I'll be watching. But if anyone doesn't think the Leafs are going to just have your typical bounce back game, you're done. You're you're dumb. Matthews two goals. That that Nylander Tavares line will combine for four points tonight. You watch. Guaranteed. The Leafs tonight come out and look great. So that's going to happen. Uh, Connor McDavid's going to reach 500 points tonight, maybe within the first five minutes of that hockey game. I'll be definitely watching for that. Connor McDavid might be, never mind the accolades, never mind the trophies, because he hasn't had a shot at some of them yet the way he, he deserves. That is the best hockey player I've ever seen in my life. Sorry. Period. Skill-wise, I've never seen a hockey player like him. Hold on. Never. What do you never. You, you watched Wayne Gretzky play. Yeah. Wayne Gretzky wasn't as fast as that kid. No. Wayne Gretzky does not have four opposition players cower. Cower. The way McDavid can do when he's wheeling around. He's like Bobby Orr, but faster. Right? That's what I'm getting at. In terms of the actual whole resume, it's Gretzky. In terms of what this kid can do, the skill set, the yeah, skill hate, set that he brings to the table. Phrase. Okay, I hate that phrase sometimes, but it's it's bang on here. That's exactly. Well, I, just, what I'm I don't want to. I don't want to get stuck here because I do want to talk about. Um, and the Canucks will lose. That's the other chalk tonight. Oh, I'm sorry. I cut the Canucks off. Um, the William Nylander on the cover of the Toronto Sun. Yeah. That was um, that was an interesting thing for Toronto to wake up to, and um, I only bring it up because, with all due respect, you were also talking about Nylander and Tavares yesterday and their sure. amount of goals. And sometimes I think that uh, you and I will talk about things and other people will go with it. And the Toronto Sun today, uh, I don't even know if it was in the front of the paper. I just saw it tweeted it's front, out. It's, it's Tim. It's the front of, of the paper. The front cover of the paper, the actual paper. There, above it, there's a there's a there's a Ken Jessup story, page three. It's right. the cover. It's right. the damn cover of the paper. For th- for those who haven't seen it, will you- oh, they took it down? Can we put it back up, guys, so I can uh, read I got it in front of me here, front. Tim. Okay. Uh, so Steve Simmons in his column writes where he's ripping both Tavares and Nylander, but Steve went an extra mile with Nylander for some reason. This is what Steve Simmons wrote in the article. Quote, William Nylander is like buying furniture from Ikea with the instructions somehow missing from the package. So not only is that quote on the front page of the Sun today, they surrounded it with a Swedish flag, a picture of William Nylander, kind of black and white-ish, as if you would get from a package from Ikea as you try and put something together. Allen keys next to it, and the and the main headline is assembly still required. Right. And listen, you were talking about Nylander and Tavares yesterday, and you gave the stats, right? Goals and goals, yep. or goals yep. and games. Goals. I got it. I understand it. This is where I call bull bleep, and it's got. And Simmons knows that I respect what he has done in his career. Um. I know what he does for a living. He stirs the pot. And I also know who I work with. Sometimes you stir the pot. However, the part of what bugged... And can I separate the two? 
like you and him? Because I don't want to lump you well, together. In, in this instance, I hope you do. Yes. Right. But when you're talking about Tavares' goals and games and Nylander's goals and games, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Like, what's been the biggest criticism of the Toronto Maple Leafs for the last, I don't know, Shanna plan? Like, since Brendan Shanahan was brought in, what's been the biggest criticism of the Toronto Maple Leafs? That they haven't won a playoff series? That they're not tough enough and they don't play good enough defensively to, to win a playoff series when it matters most, right? Like, the playoff series, yes, and then it's why aren't they winning playoff series, correct? Am I incorrect or am I correct? No. Well, they're two, yeah, one leads to the other. Yeah, I'd say you're correct. And going into that debacle on Monday, they were the best defensive team in a high-scoring division. And even after it, they're top half in the league. And they still lead the North in shots allowed per game. And Tavares and Nylander are still around a point per game and still drive play. The team was first in the NHL heading into that game, are still 11-3-2, and yet let's play the nitpick offense game? Even though for years people have been screaming they need to be better defensively, the team is better defensively, and we're going to nitpick who's scoring the goals even though they're one of the higher scoring teams in the National Hockey League? I don't get it. This, to me, the whole thing, you different than Simmons, is having your cake and eating it too. So you don't think John Tavares is one of the highest paid players in the National Hockey League, who usually does one thing really, really, really well, isn't worth criticizing when he's not doing the one thing? Do you believe that he's really only doing the one thing? He's, he was certainly, well, he was doing nothing the other night, I can tell you that. But... If that's so you don't think knows. he's a good defensive player, and you don't think that the forwards help the defense defend in their own zone? I think he's had off nights defensively. I thought Monday was one mean? of them. What, is, what does that mean? He's had off nights defensively. Well, I don't know. The zone. team is, is that good defensively or not? The team is better defensively over an entire season to this point by a significant margin in a higher scoring division when right. they only play in the division. And he's a part of the team that is being asked to do different things to make them better defensively. And here they are, still scoring goals and better defensively. And we're going to find the, the two guys or one guy, as it were, that isn't pulling the load offensively, even though they still might be driving play. Okay, so, so again, I want to reiterate the point. As one of the highest-paid mm -hmm. players in hockey, you Correct. believe that John Tavares scoring one goal in 10 or whatever it is does not deserve the level of criticism he's getting because he's doing other things around the ice is what you're saying. Do you want me to, do you want me to quote Herm Edwards? Go ahead. You what play want? to win the game. Okay. You play to win the game. If if John Tavares had two points in 16 games and not 15 points in 16 games, I would listen to you. But this, I believe, is nitpicking. Okay. 
for the sake of nitpicking. I mean, he's and a captain. Ran- and he's making eleven million a year. I don't know if it's nitpicking. I got it. It's an important player that you look I- at. But I'm, I'm, and I'm putting him ahead you of Nealander. Play Neilander. to win the game. Nealander's a six-nine player. Play to win the game. Okay. Well, they didn't win the game Monday, though. <laughs> it's the only, that, it's the only dent in that theory, but that's fine. That's, that's one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. You keep playing. You play to win the game. Monday they didn't win the game. Monday they had a five. Eleven lead, three and two. Is that what yeah. the number is? Yeah. If you want to ignore Let's Monday, play that go game. ahead. If you want to ignore Monday, Let's... go ahead. But Who, who's ignoring Monday? I'm giving you the entire sample size away, of the entire goal. They did nothing got, Monday night. I, nothing. I got it. I got it. I got it. That's not what you're quoting. You're quoting one goal in ten games. Yeah. And like I said, he'll come out tonight and have two. <laughs> I know how this is going to go tonight. So do you. Right. We've seen this Leaf team before. All right. We got to take the break. I think this is the the epitome of knee jerk reactions. And sometimes frustrates me, uh, although I think the front cover of the sun is different than quoting statistics, which is I what was, he did. I was, uh, I was stunned by that cover of the sun today, and I think someone should be fired for it. Seriously. Uh, we'll discuss that more. Elliot Friedman's going to be mad at us. We'll take the break. We'll come back with him, Justin Bourne, Paul Jones, on this edition of Tim and Sit, Sportsnet Radio and TV. Gibby. We'll get to a bunch of your tweets on our conversation about William Nylander, John Tavares, et al. when it comes to the Toronto Maple Leafs, but we don't want to keep our next guest waiting any longer. He's the one and only Elliot Freeman. Time now for 3 of 31, brought to you by the GMC Sierra AT4, the premium off-road pickup truck built for adventure. Elliot Friedman, Adventure is his middle name. He joins us here on Tim and Sid. <laughs> uh, Freeman, it's going to be an interesting Scotiabank right Wednesday. Now. Oh, any, anything, anything you can tell us? No, 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 no. We're all we're all locked down. It's tough to be. Oh, yeah. The can't whole pan- yes, the whole pandemic thing. Yes, I should have known. <laughs> By the way, Freed, the last, about a yeah. week ago, you were on this show. I wasn't here. Donovan was was sitting in for me. You yeah. you told the guys you had a name on a piece of paper to your left that yeah. the Leafs may be interested in bringing in. Has yeah. anything happened between last week and this moment to suggest to you that name is still not on the table? No, it, like I admitted in my thanks for reading my blog this week, Sid. I admitted who was in it. Um, Mister Blog, Mister Blog, the one time. I'm sorry, the one time. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. I'm sure. I'm sure it's just one time. But one no, time. I'm just kidding. But um, um, it's, it's Grandlin from Nashville, and so um, I, I think they have some interest in him. We'll see where this goes. I do. I still think they're going to try to add a top six winger. That was my guess. We'll see if I'm right, or they go somewhere else, or what happens. But. Um, I, I, like, I think that that's the kind of player they're going to be looking at. He's a good player, and he could play with, well, wherever you want to put him with. You want to put him with um, Nylander and Tavares, or you want to put him somewhere else? He can play with those guys, and uh, he's not making a ton of money. And, you know, uh, you know, Nashville's going to be looking to move guys pretty soon, so we'll see where we are. Do you want Elliot to weigh in on our debate from the last block, or shall Please we just do. move on to the rest of no, his 31 thoughts? Let's get his take. Uh, Let's get his take. Is, and, and if I phrase it wrong, Sydney, I give you the full right to rephrase this. Is John Tavares doing enough? Look, he's not playing up to John Tavares' level right now. And... Um, you know, I have to say, like, generally, I think the, the Leafs have been very good. Very good. And they've had a, a rough week 
for the first, like their, their first eight times they had a lead going into the third period, they won. And the last two games they had a lead going into the third period, they lost one in regulation and they lost one extremely shockingly in overtime. So it's kind of the first mini crisis of the year, right? And so you start to look and say, okay, what's working and what isn't? And one thing that isn't working right now is that Tavares-Nylander combination. And um, I'm not surprised that those are the two guys that kind of got picked out. Uh, I'm not surprised a lot of the conversation is on them. And I just don't think Tavares has been up to his uh, standard. Uh, I don't worry about it that much. I think he's a great player. Um, and I think he'll be fine. But, you know, right now he's he's not the John Tavares we've all come to expect. Fridge, it is something, though. They lose the one game. Now, in the manner they did is quite something. But the yeah. Leafs lose the one game. And it just does How much does it speak to the pressure on this team that that's the reaction? And I know it's the way they lost. I get it. But still, it's... It is. It is hovering, man. It is. The market of Toronto is still, despite the start, seems like part of them are still waiting for something bad to happen. That's the feeling I got from Monday. Geez, I wonder what would convince Maple Leaf fans that something <laughs> bad could be happening. Uh, well, you, you know, I, I think there's a Your little history. bit of that. Yeah, there's. A, but also, you know, Sid, we joked about it at the top, but look at the world right now, man. You know, a lot of people are sitting around doing not very much. And, you know, like, like this is their, this for a lot of people, this is their stress relaxer. The Maple Leafs are, are a sports or whether you're a Raptor fan or a Jays fan or whoever, whatever team you watch, that team is your stress releaser. Like everything that you're feeling in life, you're putting out there on a, in social media on a topic that is passionate to you. And one of the reasons that we're all employed is that people are extremely impassionate about the Maple Leafs. So I think you mix that, Sid, with what's going on in the world right now, and the reactions are even more emotional and over-the-top than normal. So when that happened the other night, and I saw what the explosion was on social media, I just said, nobody should be surprised by this. This is just everybody out there right now releasing their stresses into the internet ether. And that's just the way it is. Elliot Friedman joining us here on Tim and Sid. You didn't really agree with me, so I'm going to move on from the Maple Leafs, okay? <laughs> which which one? Why did I not agree with you on? <laughs> I was saying if they, are, if they have the record that they have, mm-hmm. I don't know why people are so worried about what Neyland. They were going into that game the best defensive team in I didn't disagree uh, with the you. North, I, I think, the North Division. I think, you're, I think you're, I mean, like I said, it's like, it's just the way the world is right now. Like Tim, like, like I said, it's a stress reliever for everyone. I like generally, I think they've been really good. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I think they've been really good, but you know, the problem with the, the, the this group of Maple Leafs is, you know, as much as you want to see them play well, everybody's sitting here and waiting. They look at a game like Monday night and they say, this is why they're not going to win a round. And everybody, this, this group of Maple Leafs is going to be judged on the postseason, Correct. right? So this is a 56-game dress rehearsal for May. So I, I'd like, so th- I think that, like, Tim, I agree with you. I think they've been generally really good. Um, I, think, uh, some of their, I think their defense is better than I thought it was going to be. 
Um, I think a lot of people that we didn't know what they were going to be has, have given them a lot more than we thought. Um, but whenever you have a night like that, and everybody has an opinion on the Maple Leafs, and everybody's saying this is, okay, the playoffs define how this group does, that's what you're going to get. Elliot Freeman here, here on Tim and Sid. Um, I agree. Tough Monday for the Leafs. Tough yesterday for the Coyotes. Yep. Uh, Katie Strang of The Athletic, for those that haven't read the story, took, takes a, a chainsaw to ownership in the organization from everything from how vendors are being dealt with to hostile work environments to one accusation of sexual harassment. It is quite mm-hmm. the read. Um, mm-hmm. Fridge, from the league perspective, the Coyotes released a statement, and they were pretty strong in saying they're going to they're go through some legal avenues here, and they believe the I'll, athletic I'll did believe, them dirty. I'll believe that when I see that. Fair enough, fair enough. My, my question to you is the league's response to this is what? You know, the league says they are not under investigation, meaning the Coyotes, but there is something odd going on there. Um, in all of the terrific reporting that Katie did, uh, you know, a number of people were kind of interested in something that was sort of late at the end of the piece, and that is that there was a law firm that was coming into the offices and asking employees about certain situations. And one of the situations was about reporting of revenue, and the other was the use of the of monies for the industry growth fund, and was it allocated properly? Now, the, the industry growth fund is a thing that was created uh, eight years ago by the League and the Players Association. It's, it's a partnership where money goes towards building hockey in communities. And the reason, for, so first of all, the idea that that money would be misallocated it, or potentially misallocated, because we don't know, is a problem. The second thing that's a problem about it is that that money comes out of revenue sharing, Sid. And ah. if that money ah. – and, like, there's already teams in this league who, who bitch about, okay, we're, we're subsidizing other teams to beat us. I mean, that's just a factor of the system. But if there's any chance that that money isn't being used properly, you've really got a problem. So the league says that they're not investigating them, but somebody's asking questions. And just in, in the conversations I've had about it in the last 24 to 48 hours, that's kind of the thing that, you know, of, of everything in that article, that's the one that comes across as, you know, especially for the Players Association, too, because you're talking about money, that, uh, a partnership with them, and also the questions about revenue for the salary cap. I think, I think a lot of people have questions on what does this mean, I don't know if we have the answers yet. How how will this be handled inside the NHL? Do you know that yet, Elliot? Investigation. No. Well, like I said, like I said, there they say no, no investigation, investigation right now. Yeah, but but it someone's asking questions right now. Do, do I think there's a um, do I think there's a possibility of like the business stays in house kind of thing. Yeah, I, I think that's possible. It's hard not to look at that. If if that's the case, it's hard not to un- believe that the NHL isn't looking at it in some way. So, and like, 
and I just know there were a lot of I know there were a lot of conversations yesterday about okay that paragraph in there what does that mean exactly and right. I, I think there's I think there are people asking questions about hey is this actually true why are why is a law firm actually asking about this and I think we're kind of all waiting to see and figure that out. Uh, we got no time left, but I just, I wonder if we'll ever live in a world where the coyotes are normal. <laughs> you know what I mean for each like this, this, that, that market for some reason, well, I don't how know many why. times has the NHL gone to the wall for that market too. Like, I know. Just and I'm not saying it's not worth it. I'm just time. saying it's just, it, they haven't found the match anyway. That's, that's not a topic I want to you, start. Well, I'll tell you this. Like the one thing I'll say, Sid, is that I've, I've asked the commissioner about stuff like this before, and we know how much he's bled for Arizona. Correct. He has always said to me, it is a bad look for your league if teams have to move. So you know he will do everything he can to make sure that works somehow. Agreed. Uh, Fridge, appreciate the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, as always, apologies for the blog. You're the best. You know that. I, <laughs> good, I felt bad about it. But then, like, after a couple seconds, I'm like, I think Fridge was kind of a douche about it, too. So then I moved on from it. <laughs> but... Well, the- both things can be true. <laughs> yes, yes. Two things can be true, as Tim mentioned already in the show at the same time. Uh, love you, brother. Appreciate you. Thank you. All right, guys. Have a great week. Me too. There is uh, Elliot Friedman. You can check out his blog, sportsnet.ca, or just Google 31 Thoughts. Or, Tim, just read the notes that were sent to us by producer Thomas Dobby as well as I go through that. Michael Granlin is the forward, I guess, Toronto would consider. They contacted him about his interest during the offseason, but the money didn't work. I still believe the Maple Leafs will look for a top six winger. We will see where it goes, to quote Elliot Friedman. There's a lot of tweets about the Leafs. Let's take the break. We'll come back with those. It'll tee us up for Justin Bourne and Hockey Central and Scotiabank Wednesday Night Hockey because there are three games that were really good on Monday that we're hoping we see the same of tonight. And it wasn't just the Leafs and the Sens. And coming off of their win, maybe the most impressive of the season, we'll talk to Paul Jones about the Toronto Raptors taking out the Milwaukee Bucks without Kyle Lowry. We'll do that all coming up on this edition of Tim and Sid. The seventh to last show? I think it's our eighth last show. Mm, Close enough. Tim and Sid, Sportsnet Radio Network, Sportsnet 360. Um, We were arguing about where it was... If you have eight shows left, is it seventh to last? I think uh, M. Pierce has got us covered. He says, after this show, Sid's magic number will be down to seven. <laughs> the magic number. <laughs> God bless. I'll miss the mad, the daily magic number. That's that's something I will miss, especially from the world of baseball. That's funny. I don't know about pop, but I know your magic number after this. <laughs> We'll be down what's to the, seven. What's the reverse of puff? I think that's what I'm going through right now. Whatever that is. I guess it's magic number. Yeah. yeah, yeah or elimination number. Some people talk elimination yeah, numbers. That's a good one. I don't yeah, know. That feels weird, number. though. I don't like that. <laughs> it's, uh, it's Troy too writes too harsh a phrase. I'm yeah. with you. It's a little too harsh. Yeah. A little too harsh. Yeah. Uh, Troy writes in about our conversation about the Toronto Maple Leafs and says, here we go. Whenever anyone gets criticized in 2021, everyone freaks out and gets 
They're something in a bunch. We can't question anyone anymore. And, of course, the front page of The Sun is going to be over-scrutinized now. Oh, to me. Um, I, I don't know. You can, I can keep going if you want. No, I no. It's, it's, an, it's, it's an interesting know. point. It's, it's, um, I don't think you can scrutinize the cover of The Sun enough, personally. The point that Tim and I were talking about, about their first-place team, everyone's going to back off. I'll hear that argument. I will. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's all people are too sensitive in 2020, 2020. I, that's not the case. The Leafs are a first-place team and have played very good defense. <laughs> yeah, like the, the Leafs are a first-place team. Like, well, I'm not going to fight McAuliffe on whether or not they've had a good season. It's idiotic to do so. But that cover is not the same thing. That cover is borderline racist, in my opinion. And yeah, I'm serious like, when I say that. There's like, plausible crazy. deniability on the Sweden part of this because of the Ikea reference in the story, or it's just a dog whistle back to chicken sweets. Right now, like now, either, now, Steve Simmons doesn't make the cover. Just so we're clear, no. some of you, some of you may need to hear that. They, yeah, he, they don't. He doesn't that do yet. that. There now, are that don't know. but that line was in his column, and I. But it's about I IKEA have, and not him. Well, well, he's but he's he's written he's he's drawn onto paper, so it's kind of about him, isn't it? No, I mean Steve Simmons in the column says Nylander is like buying furniture from IKEA. Correct. He doesn't. He didn't say anything about Swedish. And for those who don't know, Correct. William Nylander was born in the great Swedish city of <laughs> Calgary, Alberta. Yep. And he Suburb. was raised. Yeah. He was raised in the great Swedish country of the United States of America, and he went to the Quebec Pee Wee tournament with the Swedish powerhouse the New York Rangers, before moving to Sweden with his family at the age of 14. Valid points, Tim. Um, <laughs> so back to the tweet again. I, I Listen, I'll hear the argument that the Leafs shouldn't get criticized. Mm. I'll hear that. I don't want to hear anything about defending that cover. That's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous that they went there. And if I'm the Leafs, that's the last time a certain reporter shows up on a Zoom call that we're doing. And, I, and really? I usually would fight. I usually would fight teams on that. I won nine times out of ten. I'd always fight a team on. But that. he didn't do the cover. I, it's not. It's not it's, at this point. It's not a Simmons issue. It's a post media right. issue. Right. You're right. I, he didn't. You're right. But it's a post media issue. And at some t- at some point, you got to defend your guy. At some point. And if they and if Brendan does that, I'm not. I'm not fighting him on it. I would do the same uh, thing. Jay writes in and says, that's right. They should be able to play D as well as provide offense. But those contracts, Willie held out for his damn straight we expect more. If 34 or 16 go into any type of slump, where is the team in the standings? Hashtag do your jobs, 91 and 88. But they haven't gone in those slumps. Hasn't happened yet. That's the <laughs> Not point. Even Not even close. Not even close. Uh, R writes in and says, Tim, you're wrong on the Nylander deal. He's been invisible for years. Hashtag lazy. Tavares is slumping. Needs to produce. Here, here's Nylander reminds me of Phil Kessel. In that every player has his flaws. And as a franchise, what you're supposed to do is cover up those flaws. And Phil Kessel was torn a new one in this city and then went to Pittsburgh and probably should have won a Conn Smythe 
and did win two Stanley Cup rings. And what I thought the Leafs were doing to start this season was masking some of those flaws the way you're supposed to and yet still getting ripped. And that's where I stand on this. And when the music plays, I feel like I've made a point. (laughs) Don't give you anything (laughs) to go anywhere on, and we just got to wrap it up. So I apologize. I've said this on air once. I'll say it a number of times, Tim. Uh, The commercials are needed. I get it. Coming up here on Tim and Sid. And and we're going to talk to Justin Bourne. We're going to have way more runway on this. That's coming up next here on Tim and Sid as we get ready for the Sens and the Leafs, followed by the Canucks and the Flames on Scotiabank Wednesday Night Hockey tonight. Paul Jones will also join us next hour. The Raptors, good, good, good win in Milwaukee last night, despite Kyle's injury. Lots to talk about next. This is Tim and Sid. Time for 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 real sports talk with Tim McCallum and Sid Sexero. Thank you very much, Sheep Dogs. Final hour, too sweet to be sour. Or just second hour. Too sweet to be sour. Justin Bourne, Paul Jones, Scotiabank Wednesday Night Hockey here on the network. And coming off most impressive Raptors win of the season, Sid? Yeah. I would say so. With Kyle walking to the locker room twice like that? I mean, that was... But it was one of those games, Tim, like, as it went along, and I know it wasn't a blowout by any stretch, but you felt better and better and better at what you... Like, whether it was Fred hitting a three, the aggressiveness of Pascal Siakam. Like, I thought some of his best moments last night, Tim, were, like, dunks that didn't go down. Like, there was one in the fourth quarter... Yeah, I should have pulled this. You know the one I'm talking about. Yeah, I know he, exactly he, what you're talking he about. He attacked three dudes. Yeah, he. It would Including have been Giannis uh, off the bounce. Oh, it yeah. would have been best of the week. You name it. Like it would. It, if that would have landed, but just that aggressiveness, right? Whether it landed, whether he hit the dunk or not, Pascal was just very good. Fred looks like a different. I'm not looking to start anything. I have a lot of respect for Kyle and Fred. Fred is a really different player without Kyle. Sometimes though, like wow, it is you're- amazing. You're allowed to do the what is Fred without Kyle with Kyle in the last year of his deal. I think that's because I don't want to put you. You understand my hesitation there, right? Because I both those guys have meant so nah, much for this team. I do. I, do, I don't yeah. want to start that stuff specifically because I, I respect their relationship and the teamwork they have and what they mean to the squad a lot. Right. So I don't want to start but, that crap. So and, that's my hesitation. And I understand it and I know why and I respect it. But, you know, damn well, the Raptors are looking at that. Look, how do you not with Kyle a year out? Yeah, I yeah, mean, how you do you the, the unspoken you part of this, right? Which is being spoken now by you and I. But you know, Bobby Webster and company. I'm not going to say him a sign anymore because I don't know if he's coming back. But Bobby <laughs> Webster's looking. No, honestly, Bobby Webster's looking at this and going, right? There's there's your one. There's your one. There's your point guard. There's your point guard for a long, long time, or at least three more years. <laughs> right. So it's just one of those nights where it's 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 great to see, man. He's that's all star level play from your point guard. Like he's going to all star games. Fred Van Fleet, if he plays like that, when if Kyle leaves, if something he- just popped into my head. And and honestly, we do this a lot. Where this is not planned. This is all like ninety eight percent of this is off the top of the dome. Uh, once in a while, Sid and I will write something, and I can see you staring at me with those eyes right now on our Zoom call. And I don't know if that's uh, the uh, the evil eye, or if it's the I've been up since uh, six a.m. because I was on breakfast television talking about peeing in the no. shower. Eye. They had me on. They had me on late. I'm good. 
I'm, I'm not <laughs> okay. giving you any eye. Other than, other right. than the lazy one. No? no, I'm good. I'm good. Right. I'm good. Are you going to drop bombs before you leave? And Masai not coming back is one of those things that you've been thinking about for a while. No. And now I mean, that you're gone, and listen, you got another job. It's in the company. Yeah. It's not like you're going to. It's. You're not even done in sports. You're still I can't, doing like, sports. Tim, I can't start a fire in this home when I'm just moving next door. That doesn't help next door. Like, it, I know what you're saying. but And, like, no, I'm not doing that. But I'm just, like, as a Raptor fan, I have to start to think of a world without Masai. I hope it doesn't happen. You hope it doesn't happen. Basketball fans, hell, sports fans across the country. Even if you don't like the Raptors, you know who Masai Ujiri is. My folks know who Masai Ujiri is. They're not basketball fans. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm just in my mind mentally getting ready to say Bobby Webster's Toronto Raptors. And to, and to okay. a large extent, it already is. I don't want to discredit Bobby at all. Bobby's got his fingerprints all over the place. But I am just mentally preparing. That's all I'm doing here, Tim. I'm mentally preparing for the moment should Masai decide to move on to a new adventure. Okay. That's all I'm doing. Because I think a lot of Raptor fans got to brace for it a lot more than they're doing and to avoid the shock hit of it because it could come. Could come. Scotiabank Wednesday night hockey. Leafs and Sens kick off three in the North Division. Only five games tonight. Three of them are in the North Division and all rematches of the wonderful plethora of hockey that we were able to consume on Monday night. Our next guest uh, probably enjoyed Monday and is hoping for much the same tonight. It is Justin Bourne of Sportsnet joining us on the line. What's going on, Justin? How are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I, I just before we get into the sports, can I can I say a little something to Sid here? Mm-hmm. Uh, Sid, I just want you to know that what you're doing makes people like myself feel bad about ourselves. Um, because I, I like I live in this sports bubble, and people who leave to pay attention to things that aren't sports seem like they're automatically declaring themselves superior to people like myself. So I just want you to know that you make me feel insecure by leaving me in my sports bubble to do things that are not sports. Tim, please explain to the young man how I should not make anyone feel insecure about anything. <laughs> please. I, J- Justin, I appreciate it, brother. I love you. I think you're fantastic at what you do, and you're a hard worker, man. You know your stuff. Good family genes. Uh, we don't talk about it enough. Good genes. But I appreciate that. I, I uh, in no way, shape, or form, in my, as Tim will tell you, and I'm going to be putting spots here on this show where you're going you're gonna to have it confirmed I am better than no one. They are going <laughs> to... They are going to have some fun with me at BT, like no question about it. So whatever, whatever, whatever I might be feeling, the, the, I, I will be eating some severe humble humble pie here as we go along. But I appreciate nah, that's it. That's awesome, I man. I'm happy for you. Justin, is it not, though, and I'm going to counter this here, I feel like I know my limits and I will stay in sports because, <laughs> because of it. Right. And I also feel like... And Sid and I have had this conversation, and it goes to this. I've asked, if you could read the Book of Truths, would you read it? If I gave you every truth on planet Earth, and this is more of a drinking or more game, but if I were to give you the Book of Truths, would you read it? I would not read it, and that's why I would never want to be in news. (laughs) Would you read the Book of Truths if I indeed handed it to you? 
I think I think I would have to. I I do think I would. I just I feel like it's one of those things like a standing outside the fire thing. Like at least Sid is going to go get burned. At least he's yeah. going to know what it's like to go get publicly burned. And I'm just going to sit out here and be like, ah, you know, that looks cool. I wish I could do that. But Sid, you know, at least he's going to feel the fire a bit. <laughs> yeah, I'll call you after the show, and I'm like, dude, I'm in pain. Justin's bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought Twitter was bad when I ripped the Leafs. Like, it's yeah. a whole other thing if I do it another way. It but is funny, though, that I'm like, I wish I could tweet about politics. Like, often, I'm like, man, I wish I could tweet about politics. I just can't imagine how terribly it would go for me if I actually did. What happened so... if you did? But what, wait a second. Wait a second. Let's walk, this, let's walk down this road. Yeah. The Leafs are winning 6-1 tonight. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I okay. saw, Justin, I saw you and, Dunk, and, and J.D. Bunkus. Dunkus, sorry, J.D. Yeah. J.D. Bunkus on Twitter earlier today. Leafs are minus 200 on the money line, or they were? Was that the number? And, Still betting it, yeah. In regulation, they're minus three hundred. Yeah, they're they're minus three hundred uh, money line. All right, minus sorry, minus three hundred money line. That's a bit more. Um, what would happen if you did tweet about politics? Well, you know, uh, there are there. These are tumultuous times in the sports media industry. We've all Unless you say yeah. I, I, all I'm noticed. not, uh, I'm not willing to find out. But I, I have a hunch that may, <laughs> maybe not everyone would love some of my takes. But right. you know, I'll, I'll keep them to myself. Fair enough. Yep. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Won't dig any further than that. Yeah. Um, Justin Bourne here on Tim and Sid. All right, let's move. Let, let us move into this lock of the night that I have proclaimed. Right. Which is which some people are saying on Twitter correct and correctly is guaranteed sends win night after I say that. Um are and Justin, am I alone in this? And and I'll throw it to Tim after as well. Like I, I I've seen enough of the Leafs over the last few years. I kinda know how this goes. They have that kind of night and they react. And that's a good thing. Because you got talent and you and you're charged up and you want to shut people up. Do you see tonight going any other way, Justin? No, I would be stunned if it did. One of the very few things I do when it comes to placing bets is like bet on motivation because it's a thing in hockey. There's so many coin tosses and it's, you know, tons of 50-50 puck battles. And if you get one team that seems to care a little bit more and the teams are about equal, it tends to go their way. They tend to squeak by. So you got the Leafs who are roughly 634 times more talented than Ottawa, who would likely be a little bit more motivated than Ottawa, given Ottawa, that's their Stanley Cup. Monday night. That's they did. That, that's it. They can go home and call it a year after that. So I think you get a motivated and better Leafs team. No, I'm with you. It's if it's anything other than an easy win for the Leafs tonight, I'll be absolutely stunned. So let's walk down the road of uh, where we went in the opening block, and it seems to be a bit of a fight within. Um, it might be Canada, not just Leafs Twitter. Do you expect more from Tavares and Nylander, even though the team is winning and they seem to be better defensively as a group? I think it's fair, too. So I, I tried to make the case today with the Nylander thing, which, God, it's annoying that it's such a contentious conversation all the time. It's not that complicated. It's that if you had a guy like Nylander who played as hard as he could all the time, he's not a $6.9 million player. He's a $10 million player. And what's frustrating is that when he plays at his best and you see that effort, he, you see that he can be that. You see that he's worth a lot more. The good news is you get him a little bit cheaper because he doesn't give you that effort all the time. So if you can accept you're going to be frustrated two-thirds of the time, uh, you're going to enjoy the one-third of the time when you get great benefits of having William Nylander. Tavares is a different one in just that I think everything, you know, everything you get from him feels like gravy because he was a free agent. You got him here and it costs a lot of money, but it's great to have him. I, I just, I do feel like there is a little bit of decline there. I feel like they are, they have to shelter him a little bit more and try to make him an offensive player. And that, yeah, expectations 
he doesn't feel like he's quite living up to them at five on five. So uh, they're they're kind of different animals. I feel like Tavares gets the most out of his talent while Nylander's kind of the opposite. Justin Bourne here on Tim and Sip. It's funny, getting Nylander a little cheaper is not what I remember a lot of people saying when they signed him. No, that was funny how history has changed a little on William Nylander's contract. You know know who my comparable is for for Nylander, Justin? And Mm -hmm. I feel like this is good. Like, I feel like it's Phil Kessel. Oh, God, isn't that bang on? Is it? Do you agree with it? Like, you put him in, you're not supposed to put him in the spot where he has to carry a team, but if he is complimentary, man, you're good shape. Yes, that's exactly right. And I, I feel like. Um, you know, the, the Leafs fans never got over. They never got to a place with Phil Kessel where they appreciated no. him because he was supposed to be the guy. And Willie at this point is a complimentary player. And you hope that on a playoff run to a Stanley Cup, much like Phil Kessel did with Pittsburgh Penguins, that he can give you something that approaches a point per game and score you some big goals. And that's the type of player who puts you over the hump. So, you know, you, you're. I think had he not been one of the first superstars here, it would have been different. Like, Willie felt like the first guy who was supposed to turn the page to the good Leafs, and he wasn't good enough to do it himself, and people were frustrated with him out of the gates. You know, if you had added him as a complimentary piece after you had Matthews and Marner, maybe people would look at him differently. But I think the Kessel thing is bang on, can score you some, some goals, but he's, he's never supposed to be your guy guy. What would have happened to the Kessel era with the Leafs if they would have beaten Boston in Game 7 and played the Rangers? God, like, yeah. How does that, like, how does that story end? I don't know that, that we're where we are here or even close to it because I don't think they turn over the staff and fire everyone. I don't Correct. think, you know, I don't think that the whole Shanna plan ever comes into effect. I don't know that they burn it down. I think they kind of try to keep it going. Austin Matthews doesn't come here. It's a whole other butterfly effect that I don't think Leafs fans would like to envision, which is funny because now you look back at the 4-1 game and it's like, huh, that was the best thing to ever happen to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Who would have thought? <laughs> Justin Board, one of the more thoughtful uh, Sportsnet hockey analysts. If you want to dig a little deeper, make sure you read his stuff on Sportsnet.ca. Uh, one of the other storylines heading into tonight is that Connor McDavid is on the cusp of matching Sidney Crosby by scoring 500 points in his first 369 NHL games. It's pretty crazy. What does it say about either one of those two guys? Well, I I think it says that Connor McDavid's not on Sidney Crosby's level yet. Because it always felt to me like Crosby got those points as a kind of ancillary benefit to winning, to making his team better, to trying to get into the postseason and try to win Stanley Cups. And, you know, I I don't exactly uh, know. I don't remember how early Crosby actually got that done. But the, the McDavid thing has felt so isolated from team success that, you know, they do feel different to, to, to me. And, and maybe that's a bit revisionist after knowing that Sid has won cups, but it just feels like to get on Sid's level, points aren't going to do it for me. You know, the, the team success has to come next and soon for, for McDavid. You can never blame one guy in hockey for there not being team success, but, you know, he's he's done his best with what he's had, but you can't look at a guy at his first years of his career and all the, the great success and say it's, it's where Sidney Crosby was. Cause I think Sid did so much more in terms of producing wins for his team than, than McDavid has so far. Justin Bourne of Sportsnet here on Tim and Sid. I mean, I, I know we're still early in this, this exquisite North division experiment. I don't know forced, what it is, for, man. <laughs> forced upon experiment, but I just, uh, I mean, that's a topic for the next time you're on. Cause I, I, I can't envision an NHL where I'm not watching Canadian teams every night. Anyway, my question to you is, I mean, the jets, jets look pretty solid. 
I don't know if they're going to finish top four. I f- it feels like they're going to finish top four, especially if Dubois eventually plays a game here. Mm-hmm. So that leaves the one spot left. <laughs> Barring a collapse from Montreal, the Leafs are going to make the playoffs. Um, what happens in Edmonton with McDavid in terms of the narrative if this is another playoff-less year? Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting because we don't see in hockey superstars like ask out of town. He'll, you know, so do you blame the player for the the lack of team success and team defense? Do you blame the player for Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen being the goaltenders? Yeah. You, you can't, but I just can't imagine him seeing how competitive he is, how frustrated he gets. I just can't see him kind of sitting by and saying maybe we'll get a goalie and try again next year. I don't know. It'll come to a head a little bit in a way that I kind of hope it does. You know, I want to see this guy in big games. I want to see him go head-to-head with Nathan McKinnon in the postseason and Crosby and uh, see him in more big games. It feels squandered so far. So I'm hoping, you know, whatever whatever the best thing for that to happen is, either complete disaster or a turnaround here this season, that's what I'm rooting for, just McDavid in, in bigger games. And Sid, by the way, when you started there, you said – uh, you had a question, uh, you know, about not watching the North Division. I could not tell you who's on the Minnesota Wild right now. Don't tell anyone that. But like, I, I have so I'm, exclusively watched this hockey. I, Justin, I don't even know. I'm, wa- I'm watching NBC <laughs> Sunday afternoon and Sportsnet, and I'm like, yeah, oh yeah, Char is on the Caps. I, <laughs> yeah, I for yeah. a moment, for a moment, had forgotten, and I didn't watch. I didn't look at the hockey news cover. That's a, that's another story. But yeah. I, I had, for, I'm forgetting these kinds of things. Yeah. Like, I'm forgetting Marc-Andre Fleury wasn't traded. Like, uh, there are things I thought were going to happen that never did. And I'm right. not afraid. I'm, I, normally, I'd be embarrassed to say that on air. But I mean, we've been all so centralized in this hockey goodness that we've been fed a platter of. I just, it is what it is, man. I'm not, I'm not I don't, I regret nothing. I regret yes. nothing. Sometimes I've had to gamble on games I don't care about to make myself watch them. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. We, we've got St. I've Louis, Arizona. Like, yeah, okay, here's, here's 10 bucks on the Coyotes so I can sit through 60 minutes. It's, it's been a challenge for sure. 10, ten bucks. Um, yeah, yeah. By the way, I know we do this to people all the time where we ask them questions. Crosby went to a cup final in his second year and then won good? the cup in his third year. Right, so oh. when you're talking about those numbers, people forget, listen, right? It was him and Malkin, but they had a better goalie. They had this guy named Mark Andre Fleury, who yeah. played pretty well and helped them a lot. Who had questions was, about him too, right, Tim? Who had some questions are swirling around him as well. Like yeah. maybe not to the extent of Edmonton, but there were there were there were people who didn't think it was a real deal. Uh, third leading scorer on the team that went, uh, I don't know if it's the cup or the, the, the one, the one that won the Stanley Cup. Well, well, well I don't have stats. Jordan Stahl. No, I'm going to fill it out. I just want to make sure that I'm right. Jordan okay. Stahl with 49 points was the third leading scorer behind Malkin and Crosby, who had 113 and 103. It's crazy. Yeah. So you've got that point about uh, about McDavid, which certainly a very relevant one about the starts of their careers. And then I also think that scoring is up considerably from when Sid first came in the league. No, that was right out of the lockout. So scoring would have been about yeah. the same, but still. Still, the, the point stands. And McDavid's got to find his way into some bigger games, whether it's with the Oilers or not. Oh, probably with the Oilers, Ooh. I should say, in a Canadian place. Justin Bourne here on Tim and Sid. <laughs> Uh, all right, so uh, the uh, 10th straight game between Vancouver and Calgary goes tonight on Sportsnet. <laughs> so it feels. It's the 4th yeah. of 4. 
Um, so now, now that the Francisco Aquilini kind of kind of story has fizzled a little bit, and then reality said in a little bit the other night, Canucks didn't play poorly. Um, what constitutes a successful Canucks season from this point on? Because I think fourth is a little unrealistic, Justin. What are you looking for in this team tonight? Because I still think, listen, despite McDavid and the Leafs and, and the way that the Habs have been playing, especially to start the year the Habs, I, I can't stop watching Vancouver. It is one of the more fascinating Canadian stories from for me for so many reasons. What is What constitutes a good finish here for that hockey team? Hockey team, too. Well, we're, we're kind of in a similar territory with teams where it's like, is it better for them to blow up or is it better for them to, to you know, have some mediocre success and sneak into that four seed? Uh, that's a tough call. I, I just think there's still so much there. Like, knowing that last year, you know, they had the most success of any Canadian team in the postseason, you know, went seven games in the second round. You know, it's tough not to think that there's some talent here and that this team could go on a run. If all of a sudden, you know, Demko gets hot and they get some saves, I can see them. I'm not going to write them off uh, from the playoffs ent- entirely. I do think they're going to miss, but, I, you know, there's a world where I could see it happening that they climb up the standing. So I guess... I guess if you're a Canucks fan, you're rooting for that. I still think you're dead to rights come first round anyway. So, yeah, this might be another situation where best-case scenario for the team is that they kind of implode and have to make major changes. But considering there's no way of really, like, there's no proper scouting this year for anybody. That's true. Like, is this is this the year? Yeah. And, Tim, jump in if you want. Is this the year you want that kind of, you want a top five? Like, I don't know. Like, I, from, from a scouting standpoint... And I mean, Sammy Cos has also got it that can speak to this. I don't know if this is the kind of year you want that. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's probably fair that it's harder, but it's still like you're a bad team who needs a lot of help. You, you you want a bunch of lottery tickets here. So I still think it's the best case for them. You know, it's Brian Burke's whole thing was, you know, either get good fast or get bad fast. Yeah. You know, what's going to be better for this team en route to winning a Stanley Cup? And it's almost certainly to get bad fast and get a top pick. I'll, I'll just say this, and, and we don't have a ton of time here to completely discuss it, but I feel like the Canadian teams are all at a disadvantage this year because of the 14-day quarantine. And I'm not mm-hmm. suggesting that it shouldn't be there, but if you want to shake up your team this year, I don't know how you do it. Like, Yeah. Well, and then like look the, at Dubois. The Edmonton Oilers playing, yeah, the Edmonton Oilers playing Miko Koskinen for as long as they did is the prime example. If if you're looking at a Jake Vertanen rumor in, in Vancouver right now, how the bleep do you trade him if you're struggling to win games and someone that you trade him for is going to sit out 14 days? Yeah, no, it's true. Like, you can't get help. And then the Dubois thing where, you know, the guy sits out for 14 days. All of a sudden, he hasn't played in two weeks. He comes back and he gets hurt with lo- a vague lower body injury. It's just like your body is not equipped to kind of sit around and do very little and then jump on the treadmill, which is already going at, you know, a thousand miles yeah. an hour, like the NHL level is. And now the guy's hurt. They're not sure how long he's going to be out for. So. It's not a good situation if you're a bad team that needs to plug holes. And if you do want to make moves, you better do them now. There's no sense waiting another month for this. It needs to happen ASAP here. Uh, Justin Bourne here on Tim. said, Justin, before we let you go, there was uh, one of the tweets of the week from hockey was the NHL sending out their revised schedule. It, I believe it was a little bit shorter than the Old Testament. <laughs> Yeah. Did you did you go line by line through it considering the hockey junkie you are? Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to give me a yes. No, 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 no not That's even a for a second. Answer. It's 
you know, th- this whole thing for me is like I am taking every day that they hand me hockey, I am eating it up like Oliver t- Twist in a bowl of gruel. I'm just like, oh, thanks. Thanks. Can I have another? Like, can we have one more bowl of this tomorrow? I just every day they give me hockey, I'm happy. I'm not sure if it should be happening. I'm not sure if it's going to continue happening. But as long as I wake up in the morning and there's hockey that night, I'm going to enjoy it when it's there. Agreed. Uh, always good catching up with you. Thanks for taking so much time for us. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. There is uh, Justin Bourne. And never suggest with folks in Edmonton listening that Connor McDavid may eventually end up being frustrated in Edmonton and leave. Yeah, never. That's a, that's the cardinal sin of any of any sports talk show host or guest. Never Correct. suggest that uh, that he, the best player of our generation, who's not making the playoffs most years, is unhappy. Never suggest that. And they can't get him a goalie that seems like they can stop enough pucks to make them worth anything in the postseason. But yeah, no, I I yeah, I understand. Yeah. He will just remain us. patient. That's on he's us, that yeah. guy, and he's I, I believe him to be a good guy. So yeah. he'll just remain patient, even though Crosby in his second year went to the Cup final. But Tim, I'll say this: If I'm an Edmonton Oilers fan, I get it. Like if if the shoe was on the other foot, I'd be very sensitive to any of that discussion at any level, anywhere, anytime, any platform. Correct. I get it. This is the guy you handed your guy, you, your guy and you were handed how many lottery t- winning lottery tickets were the Edmonton Oilers handled didn't down through the years? Do anything? Yep. You finally got it. the one that's real. And you hit the bonus number on the 649, you got it all, and he's 97. You don't want to hear that. I understand you don't want to hear that. Get a goalie. You don't want to hear that? I understand that. Get a goalie. A guy who can make a save. Mike Smith is not the guy. Koskinen's not. Koskinen wasn't the guy before you signed him, let alone after you signed him. But, yeah, no, no let's not talk about it, Tim. Let's not talk about frustration. No, no, no. No. One of them could get hot. All right. Um, <laughs> by the way, do you like the Golden Knights helmets? Loved them. Loved them. Loved I them so I, much it made you a little clump there. What happened there? Oh, little, I got emotional, man. No, it looks like I, I, my brother Alex Xero put out, the. Uh, I think, the best comp. It looked like the first ever Legend of Zelda game for 8-bit Nintendo. Like it had, it had a glow to it that was just majestic. For the, for the Nintendo 8-bit fans, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, and I sucked at that game, but I, I, I loved it, man. It's just, I, I saw no harm in it. I can't, but again, t- people on Twitter, they get mad at everything. I saw no harm in it. Yeah. Shocked by it. Even though Notre Dame's done it for like four years with their hockey team, football teams have been doing it forever. Laval does it for bleep's sake. <laughs> it's true. It's true. All right. Uh, we are leaving Hockey Central coming your way, setting up a great night of hockey. We will continue on Sportsnet 360 and Sportsnet 590 of the fan. Five in the NHL today. One already underway. Panthers and Hurricanes started at 5 p.m. Eastern. Right now it's a 2-1 Hurricanes lead. And surprisingly, both those teams near the top of the... I mean, I guess we knew the Hurricanes were trending in the right direction. Panthers... That one's kind of surprising, 9-2-2. and Well, but it's about damn time, some of the talent on that team. The amount of years they've been cultivating talent. You're paying your damn goalie enough to make some saves. 
I mean, I, I, I'm happy. You're right. It's been a while, but I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy and, and kind of expecting it because that they, they've been nowhere for a long time and they have some really good hockey players on that team. So they better start playing well or people are going to get their jobs uh, cut even more. Well, they already have. Yeah. Some of them Most already true. have. Uh, and uh, so the NHL continues with the Senators, uh, Canucks, Senators, Leafs, Canucks, Flames, uh, Jets, and Oilers. It'll be a fun night. Uh, we've also got basketball all over the network. Hawks, Celtics. Are the Celtics good? Uh, Paul Jones is scheduled to join us in mere moments from now. We'll have that conversation. The Jazz and the Clippers. Look at the top of the Western Conference standings. If you haven't already, it may surprise you a wee bit here. Jazz have won 19 of their last 20 games. I'm going to say that again. The Utah Jazz have won 19 of their last 20 games, and I do not believe in them at all. Well, like, is that fair for is that fair to the Utah Jazz or unfair to the Utah Jazz? I'm, I'm going to tell you one thing before Jonesy joins us. You got to be careful with that. I think it might matter. Here's why: AD is out, and LeBron is playing ridiculous minutes. And I don't understand why, coming off of a championship, you would do that. And the only the only answer I have for myself is that LeBron really wants another MVP. And this is the year to do it. Shortened schedule. Like, why? I know he wants to win, but you're not in danger of falling out of the playoffs. But that's an interesting point as we bring Paul Jones into it. Jonesy, that's right. Like, LeBron, that MVP vote last year, if I remember correctly, in the bubble, he was a little perturbed by. So I think there's some meat on that bone. Do you not agree? Yeah. I, I mean, he was starting to make a run when things got shut down. Like they had just come out, the Lakers had just come off a sequence where they'd beaten some really good teams, including Milwaukee, and LeBron was dominant. And uh, and you you heard him when he won the championship too about you know I want my damn respect too like yep, for sure like yep. en- enough enough with the me against the world like like people are putting you on <laughs> people are putting you on Mount Rushmore like how much yeah. more respect do you want you know and and although some of my friends say. LeBron's Mount Rushmore statue should also include his hands, his palms facing skyward with a scrunch face begging for a call. But oh snap! <laughs> wow. <laughs> but he, if there is anyone who knows his legacy, studies his legacy, and understands what another MVP would mean, it's probably LeBron James, is it not? Yeah, but it, it, it I tell you what, it wouldn't mean as much as another championship. Correct. I agree. Yep. Like as, as, as Kobe said, as Kobe's the, the late Kobe Bryant said when they asked him about MVP, he said, Oh, that's cool, but I want another cookie. Because people count rings. Like you know, MVPs are nice. And you know, at one point, uh, you know, Larry Bird won three in a row. Look at our boy Steve Nash. He's got two in a row. But uh, you know, no rings. No rings. It's all about the rings and being Lord of the Rings. Paul Jones joining us here on Tim and Sid. Uh, this is when I mentioned that Jordan has five and LeBron has four. That's all I'm going to say. Six, MVP, six. MVP, MVPs. No, MVPs. MVPs. Oh, f- MVPs. oh, MVPs, five and yeah, four. Jordan. You know what, though? Yeah. I, I don't, <laughs> it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. He's winning. Yeah, yeah but it's going to be hard to unseat Mike with his – and I know, hashtag old man get off my lawn. I know. But it's going to be hard <laughs> – to unseat a dude who every time he went to the party was the last man dancing when everybody went home 
and was the best player and was the best dancer. And the DJ stopped the music and he's like, no, man, let's keep it going. Like, but you, not one, but not one, guys, but two three-peats. Not one three-peat, two three-peats. So, Jones, and you're saying... the second saying, one came after he took two years off. I hear you. I hear you for his uh, baseball career, quote-unquote. Um, but well, let's play the game, Jonesy. Let's Sydney. play the game. You missed his air quotations there. Let's too. play the game. I, I know. Let's I know. play the game. Didn't let's, you watch... Let's... But wait, wait. Didn't you watch Last Dance? Oh, no, that was a Michael produced Writ- Written and directed by had... Michael Jordan? Yes, I saw the Last <laughs> yeah, Dance. Yeah, had, yes. had nothing to do with gambling, right? Had no, nothing. nothing. No, but let's roll the dice here, you and I, and talk about where the ring count could be. <laughs> Because um, LeBron right now, let's tell it like it is. That guy is has Tom Brady wiring. He's playing he games all the yeah. time, and none of us can see into the horizon an NBA without LeBron at this point. The only thing that's fading is his, is his hairline. That's it. There's nothing right. about his game, nothing about him physically. He's as determined as ever. He still draws – no offense, Mikhail. He still draws in other stars, as Anthony Davis showed. So let's play the game. Jordan has six rings. LeBron, in six years, when he's playing with his son, has eight. So you tell me LeBron with eight rings and Jordan with six does not sway a guy who I respect a great deal in Paul Jones, who grew grew up watching Jordan like us, and it's very tough to move off that. But if LeBron starts pulling the Brady here and just doesn't stop, do we have to look at that differently? Yes. Absolutely. 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 But then again, you know, all I needed was one more completion from Matthew Stafford to win a bet in the middle of the third quarter. And he got hurt. And he never got that one completion. I lost my bet. Good thing you let it go. (laughs) No, I never let it go. Never let it go. Every gambler's got a story, Sydney. You know that. I know, I know, I know. And if if he gets there, then we'll talk. And and that's a big if. And and I, look, I'm not taking anything away from him. He would be he would be on Mount Rushmore. And you know Isaiah Thomas, who I respect gratefully, the Hall of Famer Isaiah Thomas, said that you know he is the he is in his eyes the greatest. And when you look at his skill set, um, you know, and there there may be a distinction there. Maybe Michael's excluding Bill Russell because he was part of championship teams. Excluding Bill, maybe Michael was the greatest winner. And LeBron's the greatest player. Although I still think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had the greatest career when you consider high school, college, pro. And, and LeBron's, LeBron's longevity speaks well. But then again, we're in an era of load management. Now, Michael practiced every day. And from talking to guys who played like with him. Uh, exactly. Like yeah. He played, you know, he played 82 games and the way practices were, he probably played, I don't know, I'd say probably 120 and he went hard at practice and Doug Collins would do stuff to make sure that he went hard, like switch the teams and, oh, it's 6-1, the game's up to seven. Michael, your team has six. No, you go on the team that has one now <laughs> and and, and that, that kind of stuff. So um, I, right now, Michael still has an edge. He he does. And and it also comes in an era, Sydney, to me and, and Tim, when Michael um 
it wasn't about attracting stars. It was, no, I'm staying here and I'm getting it done. And after Detroit beat the snot out of him every year, where, by the way, by today's standards, every foul against Jordan by the Pistons in the playoffs was a flagrant one or two. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, nope, we're starting a breakfast club. And Tim Grover took him in the gym every morning. And he finally got past them. And then there was no stopping him. So... I just, my lens is a little different. I'm not taking anything away from LeBron. He is, and he may yet be the greatest in a sense of passing Kareem for the all-time scoring, may have more titles than Michael, may have more MVPs, all of that. But at the same time, right now, Michael's in the lead for me. On his on his 58th birthday today, no, isn't it? I'm, I'm with you there. Is today Michael Jordan's birthday? Uh, we can look it up. Is uh, it? True no, friend of the show, no, Paul come, Jones. It's coming close. If it's not today, it's coming so, close. This Google thing is just amazing. Let me check this True out. February, show, it's Paul today, Jim. February 17th. Happy birthday, Michael Jordan. Wow. Boom goes the dynamite. 58 years. Full <laughs> circle. We planned this. Did, we planned this. 58 though, years we never knew. looked that good. We knew. Hey, we Sid, knew. Sid, Tim, Tim, Sid, could you guys imagine what it would be like if we were students in school now and you did not have to go to a library? Like you could actually just say, <laughs> hey, Google. <laughs> write my paper on the early Roman Empire. <laughs> Listen, Jonesy, it would have turned me into that low, solid B student to a high, solid B student. It would have changed a lot for me. It would have changed a lot. Uh, all right, Jonesy, let's talk about the Raptors because we don't have a lot of time here. And I thought, both of us thought, uh, that that might have been the most impressive game of the season last night for them against the Milwaukee Bucks. What was the most impressive part of a very impressive win? Uh, the fourth quarter. They had three quarters where, uh, as I say, their their defense was was kind of like the way we play it, the the way some guys play it in the playground. They get down in the stance and they look good, and it's it's all wind. You go by them and they're still in that stance, looking good, right? It's 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 not right. didn't stop anybody for three quarters, and Slapping in that fourth the floor quarter, like Wojciechowski. Yeah, sorry, and, and letting guys go by you for dunks. <laughs> um, the fourth quarter, they they held them to eight for twenty-two, one for eleven in the last five and a half minutes. Um, they got it done, and 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 they did not. They did not let guys who were playing well before eventually beat them. Like you want to take it out of Giannis' hands and say, okay, Dante Divincenzo, uh, you know, Pat Connaughton. Fill your hat. Go ahead. Beat me. Try to beat me because I'm going to make it tough for you too. And while it looked like that might have happened, it didn't happen at the end in, in Toronto. That was, a, that was an impressive win. And they got Milwaukee's attention. It's going to be different tomorrow night. Paul Jones here on Tim and Sid. You know the one thing, I, and Tim, I haven't brought this up with you yet. The one thing I also missed, and I hadn't seen it since January 25th, man, I love watching OG Ananobi. And that block he had late on Giannis, the one they had to review, that is that is a, a level of defensive skill that you either have or you do not have. That is not teachable, what he did to Giannis on that drive. And I just I don't really have a question. I just, I just wanted to say that. OG's it, ridiculous. No, you're, He's Sid, ridiculous, you're right. man. It's, it's Kawhi-esque, right? Yeah. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lock you up, and you're going to get nothing, and you're going to like it. And, and there's only a handful of guys in the league that have the – the capability to do that, particularly with the rules skewing heavily toward the offense and putting points on the board. I mean, you can't guard people now. You can't, you like, the refs can call a foul. It's like holding in, in football. You can call 
holding on every play. You can call a foul on every play if you choose. So if we look at, I mean, last night was a wonderful example. Pascal plays really good. Fred Van Vliet was really good. Uh, Kyle, until he got hurt, was really good. If you are management of this team, do you take what's left of your cap space and add a center to give them a real shot in what is a pretty convoluted Eastern Conference? Or do you sit and wait and see what you do in the offseason and where Kyle wants to go? Um, well, if I'm trying to win now, uh, I don't know if I'm making a trade to dismantle any of this because as uh, in, in the Eric Smith philosophy of like, you know, fill one hole and then realize you got a bigger hole somewhere else. I, I, I don't think I would do that. I mean, with all the drum and talk, you'd probably have to give up some, some key pieces right here. Maybe you watch the sit and uh, wait for the flyers to come, Timmy. Wait for the, uh, the flyers to come every Thursday with the sales, right? Wait for the buyout market. <laughs> <laughs> what a reference. I know what you're talking about. What hey, a reference. Hey, man, I grew up in the hood. We uh, used to wait for them yeah. flyers and, and clip those coupons, Circle, man. yeah. That's yeah. right, that's right. My, my wife to this day is hooked on those Thursday flyers. I'm telling you right now. Hey, She's a good woman, while, man. She Don't let her go. <laughs> a good she woman. leaves them out, and Uncle Timmy goes through that Canadian tire to see what's on sale. Yeah. Listen, quick confession on my end. Even if you don't need it, right, Tim? It's on sale, right? Even if you don't need it. Well, hell, let's buy it. It's on sale. <laughs> Jonesy, you got kids. You buy, you buy those skates like three sizes too big. Don't worry, honey. They'll grow into no, it. Grow into They're it. 60% They're off. They're 60% off. They'll grow it's into growing it. It's growing quick. Growing quickly. <laughs> but back then, I, I, I used to have a paper route back in the day where I was putting some of those coupons and flyers in. Oh. And let, let's just say a couple of jumbo video ones fell out in my garage. So I was putting them together. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Let's were you the couple. dude that just were couple. you the dude that took the t- took my 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 fifty percent discount coupon to the CNE in the summer? Was, Are was you, some guy clipping they, those out of the paper? I, I can't speak no. to the CNE, oh, I, Jonesy. No. I can't speak oh, to the no, CNE, Sid. but I can say I went to Jumbo the next day and got a little popcorn <laughs> and Fatal Attraction on VHS. That's what I did. <laughs> That's what oh. I did. Um, go ahead, Timmy. Go ahead. No, I think we're done. Uh, it's 6.44. We have to say goodbye as much as we're enjoying this. I, I always appreciate, though, when you pop by, Jonesy. Uh, when we say friend of the show, uh, we mean it. Thanks for doing this. Pleasure. And Sydney? Sydney yes, sir. Don't be calling me at, don't be calling me at 6.30 when you go on breakfast TV. <laughs> no, i got to call you. we gotta, we got to set just, up the shot. It's way sooner. I'm it's just, way sooner. I'm just, te- I'm just telling you right now. Like, well, for what it's worth, Eric know. already has the 9.30 slot. He called that initially. He sent me a text. <laughs> okay, well, so he goes, Jonesy's good okay. early. He said that. He said, Jonesy's better early. I'm like, all right. So I penciled you in. What time so. do you go off air? I guess I'm good for Tracy Moore's show at like 10.30. <laughs> yeah. City Line's right out. We're, we're City yeah. Line's leading, man. It's, I'll, I'll do my best to carry the audience. Definitely. <laughs> uh, Jonesy, we love you, man. You've been amazing to us uh, constantly. I, and I can't tell you, Jonesy, honestly, I'll make this quick. Like, when Tim and I were one to four here on Sportsnet 590 at the Fame, when you would just chirp us as you were getting your charts ready for games, like yeah. during the afternoon, on Twitter, or even personally, that was a lot of fun, man. Like you kept yeah. us just that was some validation. I don't know if you even know how much validation we felt from that, but that we really appreciated that, man. And and we'll uh, and neither of us will be strangers here, obviously. And and we we just appreciate you, you and Eric. Thank you, man. Thank you. Good luck, Sid. Timmy, Thanks, I'm man. I'm still here, man. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk for sure. I'm not going to stop using you. <laughs> All right, there is there is Jonesy, uh, the one and only Paul Jones, Raptors radio broadcaster, and uh, does work on 
He's so good. He does work on both networks. I want to correct one thing. Uh, the NBA games on tonight are Sportsnet 360 and not Sportsnet 1. Earlier I said Sportsnet 1. I will correct it. Sportsnet 360, uh, Hawks and Celtics, Jazz and Clippers, real good game, 10 p.m. tonight. That's on Sportsnet 360. All right. Uh, thank you for correcting that, Sammy. When we return, one final block. Uh, if, you, if you ever in your mind said, what would it look and sound like if John Gibbons ever shoveled snow? We have the audio and the visuals. Best tease I've had in a while. Tim and Sid, live on TV and radio. Welcome back to Tim and Sid. Sid Sixero, Tim McAuliffe here with you. We appreciate you joining us today, as always. Um, all right, let's, let's tie a bow on something that kind of led off the show. Arash Madani, dear friend of this show of Sportsnet, um, sends us a WhatsApp message what, 10 minutes before the show, something like that? Yep. Uh, and not long after that, Arash sends out a tweet. Now, as we know, John Gibbons is one of the more beloved figures in Jay's history for a lot of reasons. And he's a Texas guy. Always has been. Well, not always has been, but he currently is. And we know their, they, their ice storm down there is, is epic. Um, so Arash, to the team, says, I got a text about Gibby doing something here. And we're like, oh, okay. He goes, I'll let, I'll let you know what you can do with it. Then, like two seconds later, Arash tweets it out. This is what Arash says. So here I am, minding my own business, when this 34-second gem gets texted to me from a Texas phone number. Not saying his shoveling technique reminds me of him trying to throw out runners, but if this isn't the kind of John Gibbons video you need in lockdown, not sure what is. So immediately, again, not sure if it's cool for him to tweet, I immediately retweet it. <laughs> immediately throw it out, and basically everyone else on Tim and Sid and hundreds of people follow us have done the same thing um and we later found out it was okay for him to tweet so what is this video again this is john gibbons with not a ton of ice and snow on his property with a shovel being filmed shoveling and he turns it into a hockey expose and he's gibby's got some skills this is it's good for the eyes good for the ears good for the soul roll it john gibbons practicing his practicing his Face off. Now, his slap shot. Oh, his slap shot. <laughs> Notice the left-handed being left-handed, using the left-handed look. And you know what, most importantly at all? Global warming my ass. We can <laughs> use some of it right now. Boom. Boom. Gibby at the end. Just dropping the comment. So again, that was the guts, the Gibby clip that is warming the cockles of our hearts today. The best uh, part of, of that, for, the best part of that for me is the relationship that Gibby and Arash Madani have. And so I said I distinctly remember a clip of Arash Madani being called an a hole by one John Gibbons, and Dylan, who is our radio producer, immediately pulls up a clip from Primetime Sports. Here is how that sounded. Hey, you are an asshole, man. I <laughs> and I notice immediately <laughs> that it's Richard Deitch's laugh and not my laugh, which is what I thought it was going to be. And then I realized that that clip was from June 2018. There was one from May 2020 where I was there. Arash Madani, myself, and John Gibbons. 
We're washing our hands, you know, I mean, Gibbs. I got a ratings were bad at one uh, when things were normal. I can only imagine what your ratings are now. <laughs> well, right, they I just went one. into the tank with this uh, with this guest today. <laughs> hey, 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 what's the hole? Always one side, bro. <laughs> Keeping it uh, consistent, Gibbons. All right, hold on. A couple of things. One, video gamer headset McAuliffe is my favorite uh, quarantine McAuliffe. Me too. You, you should bring it back for one segment between now and next Friday, please, for me. I don't know Secondly, if I can, but... Oh, maybe you can. I don't know. If, if your little guy's using them for NBA 2K. No, no, I think because um, they sent me this thing. I don't oh, think I, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, yeah. It, it's but... a, there's a whole thing with a thing. You're right. right. Um, the other thing is, how many times can you just call someone an a-hole and then it become true? Like, do we now have to wonder about a rash a little bit? Like, what does Gibby know? About Arash Madani, where that's consistently, that is on air, the comment Arash Madani gets for Chuck. Like, it, what does is, what is John Gibbons know that we don't know here, McAuliffe? What does he know? It, it might be my favorite relationship in all of sports. Like, I, I need to go, and I think we might be able to arrange, I need to go for drinks with John Gibbons and Arash Madani. It's our, it's, our, it's our Muhammad Ali Howard Cosell. It's the Canadian equivalent of Ali Cosell. Like, that relationship. Very good. It's yeah. so it's so inside baseball and outwardly just very a lot of friction, but you love it. You can't take your eyes off it. You can't take your ears off. If that's even a proper reference, probably. Uh, we marched towards Friday, February twenty sixth. This was uh, in eight shows after today. The magic number, as mentioned by Crossover Podcast, now down to seven for Sid Sixero. Just a week and a bit left. Are you getting nervous here? What are you doing? You good? I'm good. Well, we're doing the show. Again, we're working every day. It's gonna, every day's kind of feeling kind of the same. The last show is going to be a mess. But right now, I'm okay. I'm okay. okay. At least I think I'm okay. Other people might have a different version of it. <laughs> exactly. uh, thanks to Paul Jones, Justin Bourne, Elliot Friedman. Thanks to Sid Sixero for his uh, eighth to last show. But before we go, we always just got to remember. Kids, please do. You know. Now wash your hands. Wash your hands. And wash your hands. Washing your hands. Washing I thought it was a given to wash your hands. It still shocks me, but just got to wash your hands again.